Good evening, everyone. Are you listening to our tea talk show from Eindhoven, or are you planning to move to the Netherlands? If your answer is yes, then please stay tuned in as we have with us someone who is not only an experienced educator, rich with knowledge, but also helps expat families navigate their way through the world of education and provides a support system to expats for helping them to settle down well. when they are only on their initial stages good evening i am your host karishma i hope you had a fantastic time during the carnival festivities now let's extend a warm welcome to our guest for the evening lizzy bait Lizzie, a British expat residing in Eindhoven since 2007, brings over 20 years of teaching experience to the table. Despite facing the unfortunate circumstances of having to leave the teaching profession due to her illness, her dedication to assisting expat families, particularly children, persisted. Join us as we delve into Lizzie's favorite journey and discover how she ingeniously carved a path to continue support expat families with her wealth of knowledge and passion welcome to the show lizzy hi karishma thank you what a lovely welcome uh, i hope you're enjoying your carnival break lizzy I certainly am and aren't we lucky with the weather? Absolutely. When we see the sunshine, we actually feel uh, very happy, you know. It's Absolutely. a psychological uh, effect on me at least. Absolutely. And spring certainly feels like it's on its way. <laughs> yeah, although when you go out, you feel uh that's not we what we were expecting. <laughs> this is a chill. <laughs> Uh, so Lizzie our show is called Tea Talk as you know Tea Talk with Karishma and Supriya I'm missing my co-host here but uh, I am a big fan of ginger tea and I'm having it right now what is your favorite tea and if you're not a tea drinker then what's your favorite coffee well <laughs> just so happens I have my cup right next to me um I have different cups of tea different flavors of tea for different reasons and different feelings mm-hmm. the tea i have at the moment with me is a good old fashioned british cup of tea with milk because it takes me back home because it takes me to being with my mum and my gran and sitting yeah. at the table and just having a gossip and a chat and that warm feeling that comes with with that i love rooibos tea because it takes me to travels that I had in South Africa. I love chamomile tea because I remember drinking chamomile tea on the banks of the River Nile. I love iced tea because I drank that in Australia. So I have different teas that take me to different places and they all have a really special uh connection that I I it, that triggers me when I'm drinking them. Wow Lizzie I don't think any of my guests have given me such a uh, you know meaningful explanation <laughs> to their liking of the tea they have and especially when we come from uh, come from different backgrounds and cultures and we are you know we mingle here with everyone um, and uh, you have explained uh, from where you come from where have you stayed I think our listeners already know your journey <laughs> with the help of the tea 
my journey through tea. Yeah, your journey through tea. I think that should be the uh, what you say, uh, the topic, uh, the head heading of my uh, tea talk today. Journey through teas. But Lizzie, um, uh, to be very honest, I also kind of enjoy this ginger tea because it takes me back to you know, my family in India that we are sitting there and gossiping and discussing yes. so many things with uh, the families uh, out there. That cozy so ease that you only have so with true. your people. Right? Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> the only difference is here I have to make it by myself. There I can say, Mommy, can I have a cup of tea, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lizzie, coming back. So can you share with our listeners and, you know, people who are um, uh, maybe listening to us from various places a bit more about your background? Definitely. And your journey as a British expat, because you're living here since 2007. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, as I've already said, I'm British. I'm from the south coast of the UK. And I've always loved adventuring. I've always loved meeting new people, seeing new places, experiencing new cultures. Um, so traveling was always going to be on my path. But... Um, as was teaching, my mum has a photograph of me when I was three years old, lining up all of my teddies and my dollies and my sister in her baby chair. And I was sitting at the front of them or standing at the front of them with a whiteboard writing the ABC. Uh-huh. So from the age of three, teaching was always going to be a part of my life. Um in 2004, I was lucky enough to spend some time in South Africa, and I joined into a voluntary program with the express wish that I wanted to do anything but teach. Mm-hmm. Put me with animals, put me with medical things. It didn't matter. I just wanted to do something that was out of the classroom to, to challenge myself in another area. And on day one, they put me in a classroom. (laughs) Okay. And I spent my time in South Africa teaching in a township school. Mm -hmm. The classroom that we were in was no bigger than the garden shed. They had no tables or chairs. They had uh, one pencil and piece of paper per row of children. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, their materials were severely outdated, and yet the children that came to school were bright and open and full of ideas and so passionate to learn that it challenged me in every single way to be a better person and to be a better teacher. It tapped into everything that I ever believed about the profession and, yeah. and just made me strive to do better Mm -hmm. my last week that I was there I met an 18 year old girl who Mm -hmm. was in a class together with four five six seven year olds and she was learning to read she had never been to school before her very first week in school and this is when you were in uh, South South Africa okay interesting okay and after the week that we spent together, it was the week I was due to leave. Her going away present to me was to read me the first page of the book Cinderella. 
Oh, amazing. So oh I left flying on such a high. Yeah. Um, determined to make a, dis- a difference. And knowing that that might not necessarily be where I was from or where I've always called home. When I arrived back in the UK, I started subbing um, and substitute teaching. Substitute teacher, yeah. And quickly found that it wasn't what I was hoping for. And within a week of being back in the UK, I was called by the then head teacher of the International School in Eindhoven. Okay. Who knew of myself through a friend mm-hmm. and said, we have a job. We would like you. Please come. Oh, from UK. You were still so in UK. I travelled from the UK on the Friday and I was in school on the Monday. I taught Monday afternoon. I substituted Tuesday. (laughs) I was interviewed on Wednesday, flew home Wednesday night. And on the Friday, I picked up my life and I moved. And you and since here, since 2007, you've embraced Eindhoven. Absolutely. And I've never really looked back. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's so difficult sometimes because I remember I come, uh, I stayed in UK for um, seven years, and when when I came, although I have a family here, so that's a big support system. But when if you come here without any uh, support system, which I say, then it's very difficult for you to uh, because of the language barrier. I believe it's very difficult for you to find work, to uh, sustain yourself. Um, it's a wonderful city. Eindhoven is um, definitely, you, you know, quiet and calm and uh, organized. But again, when you c- come from hustle bustle of London, <laughs> it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I was very fortunate when I moved. Um, the international school was much, much smaller back then, and it was mm-hmm. on a different location. Yes. And the head just, teacher, just near my house. That's right. <laughs> The the head teacher then, her husband decided that he would take me under his wing. And um, I think he was in look, he was looking for a project and decided I was it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was amazing. He was he was a real guardian angel. He helped me go to the shop and and taught me through the process and Mm -hmm. what I needed to know. He helped me set up a doctor. He helped me to read through contracts for my rental, for my Mm -hmm. house. Yeah, he really looked after me and made sure that I understood all of the systems system here that I was getting myself into. And that was that was just vital. Uh, That was the beginning. uh, I was so lucky to have that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It helps when you have a helping hand here. In fact, I believe whenever you move to another country, it's not about only the Netherlands. Whenever you move as a family or relocate to another country or even another city, you are looking for help. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the older I've got, the wiser I've got (laughs) Um, 
the, the more I've experienced Experience. life, the more I've learned that you need to lean on people and let people lean on you yeah. in order to be able to Help get each the other. best out of life yes. and the situation that you're in. Help each other and get the best out of Absolutely. So on a lighter note, Lizzie, uh, if you're uh, basically your life as an expat is uh, in Aindhu and had a soundtrack, what songs would you be playing in the background? To I love journey? this question. And this is radio and radio we play Bollywood and Hollywood songs as well. <laughs> it's a mixed, um, uh, you know, it's a station which plays all mixed numbers. So what would the songs would you be if your you know life as an expat is a soundtrack i love this question um there are so many that come to mind um you've mentioned my illness but that's definitely been a low point in my career mm-hmm. um and through that there have come enormous positives so fighter by christina mm-hmm. aguilera would mm-hmm. definitely be up there yeah things can only get better would be there. Um, mm-hmm. Proud by the M people. But I think the one that really, really, really springs to mind is, as we've just discussed, it's Lean On Me. Lean On Me, yes. Yes. Okay, so I think if, um, you know, we might play these songs on the radio later. Oh, you see wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lizzie, uh, it's uh, very impressive that you have uh, over 20 years of teaching experience. My heart goes out. <laughs> and there's so much to learn from you. Can you t- tell us about some highlights of your teaching career before you basically had to step back? Oh, so there have been so many. Um, Which you would like to really share with us? There have been so many. I, I think being able to share and to celebrate different cultures, different foods, different hmm. um, languages with, with not only children, but their whole families. That's been something that, that's been really special for me. Um going on different camps with different groups of children um, was was definitely one of the high points, definitely one of the most special, special things, because it's such a close bonding experience. You learn your students in a totally different way and they you. Yeah. Um, about 10 years ago now, um, there was a child in my class who lost his mother um, to cancer. Oh, no. And he and the family took us, the whole class, with him on this journey so that we were there to support him and be there to be his safe place and his support network. And together with a very dear colleague of mine um, and the parents of this class, we came together and the children made him a quilt. Okay. Each child had a different quilt square that they made for this little boy. Mm -hmm. And my colleague and I then spent hours putting the quilt together. Mm -hmm. Um, It was one of the most special things that I've ever done, both as a a teacher and as a, as a person. Um, it was a huge moment for him 
because it it meant that he was able to be open and talk about everything that was happening in a really safe environment. Um, When his mother passed away, he was embraced in a club of us. Yeah. And and he was supported and he felt that and, and he felt that that love that the class were all giving him. Um, And I know still that that means an awful lot to him. And I know that it means a lot to the other children that were with him in that class. So from an incredibly painful situation, this beautiful, beautiful thing happened. And that's something that I will forever hold very, very dear. Yeah, I can see uh, your eyes and your face, um, you know, your, uh, your expression getting emotional. I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listeners can also definitely relate to uh, with the kind of passion passion you have in your voice. Um, uh, what I feel, um, Lizzie, um, I'm also into the into teaching profession. I feel till the time you have that passion for children staying with them having that patience that passion that fire inside you then only you can sustain that job absolutely that profession to be very absolutely. honest i've always said that teaching isn't just a job it's a no. it's not no. a profession it's no. a yeah. whole way of life it just overtakes all the areas of yeah your you are dealing with uh, living human beings and not dealing at with their best them. and sometimes at their worst yes it's then that you really find out what you and they can do yeah absolutely so uh, on that note how did you turn your love for teaching into mm-hmm. helping families from different countries and what was the inspiration behind bridge the gap well four years ago i became very sick um and in fact almost to the day four years ago i was unable to move from my sofa oh. i was unable to speak at times um my entire life became my living room because oh. I couldn't climb the stairs to go to bed. I couldn't drive to be outside. I had a six-month-old daughter. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, and a career in a profession that I felt so passionately about that it was just slipping through my fingers because I could see no way of being in the classroom mm-hmm. again. Fortunately, I found the diagnoses that I need to be able to move forwards with my health and after much rehabilitation and much uh, various counselling, huge amounts of physio and and so much support that I I can't even begin to name, um, I'm here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And there are moments where it could have been so easy just to give up and not push Mm -hmm. but I've got that passion from somewhere and I've got that drive within me and it was still sitting there looking for something to do so I started to think about what it was that I loved the most and Mm -hmm. as I've already said it's the people Mm -hmm. it's the children and their families Mm. it's the embracing of different cultures um it's helping people when they're in need yeah and i started to think about what it was that i could use how i could use all of that how i could use my skill set from teaching how i could use my experience of welcoming 
new families into this strange country. And from there, Bridge the Gap was born. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so your passion, your hard work, your fighter attitude, all the three components combined together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it the biggest, the overriding thing was that in all of my time at the, the school, we were constantly welcoming new families and, and okay. new children in. And I was constantly seeing people just looking for a, someone to help them, just someone to hold their hand and, and bring them through this and let them know that the first few days were going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, then if, if you if, if there's somebody, uh, you know, to uh, guide uh, you once you come to another new country, uh, then I think uh, after that you kind of uh, take it uh, from there. Absolutely. Then you Absolutely. S- then everything sinks in. Yes. You start floating. Into place. You start it's floating just that, then. That initial bit of, of landing yeah, just yeah. needs a little bit of cushioning around people and then after yeah. that they'll fly. So uh, what specific aspects uh, or concerns, uh, you know, of expat experiences did you find most important to address? Or, you know, if you want to share with us the common questions that you often used to get from the families. Absolutely. Um, I think the... The overriding question that I get asked more than anything else is, will my child be okay? We've taken our child from everything they know and love. We've taken them from a place of security Mm -hmm. and we've dumped them into this totally unknown pond Mm -hmm. where no one speaks the same language as us. Nothing looks the same. And we don't know if we've done the right thing Mm. and we don't know if they're going to be okay. Not, I would actually also add to that, not only small children. It also, if your child is in secondary as well, they are still children. Absolutely. They have their own network. They have their own, uh, you know, uh, what do you say, their own uh, surroundings and uh, they are in their own shell. So, in fact, I would go as far as saying, I think it's harder the older the children are. Yeah, I agree. Because they have their own independence and they have their own network and their life and they're established Mm. and they're leaving a lot more behind than perhaps a younger child. So the families or the parents, they are more concerned about their children? Always. Yeah. So do you support uh, families who who sometimes, you know, the newly married people, they also uh, shift. So do you also help them or it's just uh, people who who have kids come to you? I tend to support families mostly, um, Mm -hmm. but I will never shut the door. Okay. So if there is someone who has a question, who is in need of guidance, I've got my finger in many pies and I'm always happy to point people in the right direction that they need to be able to get the guidance and get the support that they need. Emotionally, they're very uh, basically vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And um, uh, then how are the ways, basically unique ways uh, you have to support the families? Can you walk us Um, through the ways? Well, what I've established is a program where I offer four strands of support. 
the first uh, aspect of support that I do is educational consulting. Mm -hmm. So I will meet with the family online and share with them how our different education systems work here Mm -hmm. and uh, talk through the fact that they do have options of schooling and what those options are. And then together we look at what they need for their child or their teenager and we look at what those more detailed options are and put together a package to help them to move forwards with applying for a position in that school and then settling into that school. I also offer uh, relocation coaching for the child themselves and also the family together to support them in all the different stages of relocating to the Netherlands as a family. Okay. So that for me is making sure that the mental well-being of the family during this incredibly stressful time is is supported. Okay. I also do um, language teaching, mm-hmm. particularly for students or families who are moving abroad without any English. Mm. They might be moving to the Netherlands, so you'd think they'd need Dutch. Mm-hmm. But if they are looking at going into the international school, then they yeah. will need some English behind them. And although the international school teaches English brilliantly, I give them survival English, enough mm-hmm. to be able to go in, to introduce themselves, to begin mm-hmm. to make friends, to say, express their feelings, to ask for help if they need it. And the final uh, final strand to my package that I offer is curriculum teaching. Okay. Because right. one of the things that I've seen is that children often have knowledge of how to solve a problem or what is expected of them, but it looks very different. It's packaged very different in the British curriculums that are followed here or in the Dutch curriculums that are followed mm-hmm. here. So I bridge the gap between knowledge that they have from their home country and knowledge that they'll need here and make them work with them to bring those two things onto a par. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I think um, that's very important. Uh, uh, I work in international school. I see so many children from different cultures and backgrounds coming in. Brilliant with their uh, mathematical skills. Brilliant. Uh, In fact, I would uh, rather say all children are um, uh, creative and brilliant in some way or the other. But uh, sometimes, you know, if they don't have language, it's uh, we know that they know it. Yes. Right. But it's it's kind of difficult, although we have our English as an additional language uh, department, which does Absolutely. an amazing to our wonderful department. Yeah. 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 So that is that's what I'm saying. Uh, apart from school, if you have some services like these, it's very, very helpful for parents and families when, you know, when they plan to re- relocate. I hope so. And certainly the feedback that I've had so far has been positive, been really positive. And and yes, people have have said that it's a service that they've been searching for. Mm -hmm. Just someone who has some knowledge and can can help them understand the systems and guide them through. Yeah. So um, uh, when you're supporting uh, parents in understanding, basically you also have to support parents in understanding Dutch. 
international and bilingual systems. That's right. Yes. So I want to know what are the common misconceptions that you often uh, need to clarify? Um, I think the very first thing is that um, we take our personal baggage with us. So the way that we mm. learnt as children, yeah. we expect to be the norm. Mm-hmm. And I have a four, five-year-old daughter mm-hmm. um, who is in the Dutch she's in a local village Dutch school mm-hmm. and I am navigating that with her but it looks so different and it feels so different to any school that I've ever been in that I find myself a little lost at times okay um so uh, and that that is because of the baggage baggage that I have that I mm-hmm. the expectations that I'm bringing that it'll look like my school did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I think that if we can let that go, mm-hmm. it will stand us in a much better stead. One of the main things to understand is that in Dutch education children don't start their academic learning until Mm -hmm. they are in group three yes yes that means children will be six and seven before Mm -hmm. they start reading and writing yeah and in numerous curriculums across the world that feels very late Mm. in britain our children would have started at four why are they not doing that here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's and yet my experience has shown mm-hmm. me that by a chi- by the time that the child has finished in group three, they will be on exactly the same level of okay. reading, of writing, of understanding, exactly the same level as a child who has been learning since age four and is at the same age in the end of group three. Oh, so that intense year that they put the children through, teachers put the children through in the Dutch system, mm-hmm. brings their children to exactly the same academic level as their international peers mm-hmm. within a year. It's fascinating. But by the time that the children are starting their learning at the beginning of Group 3, they've developed such a range of strategies and ability to learn yeah. that they're completely ready to embrace it. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's, it's, yeah, I think it's wonderful. But it's definitely a shock when your experience says, yeah, you should have so basically when the parents, uh, yeah, I, I, I know as a parent, I can relate to that very well. <laughs> very well, I can relate to that. Oh, uh, we kind of compare to our previous uh, background knowledge what we had oh we used to be like you know we had that thing when we, we were, did that differently we did that differently <laughs> but um i i believe more than uh, children parents and uh, uh, families need to kind of understand that um, if we have come to a new country they have their own culture own curriculum so uh, I know I, I'm, I'm sure it's difficult for the parents also because every parent wants their children to be, you know, to have the best. Absolutely. And it feels like a backward step. Yeah. If your I think child has already started learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, no, I think it's it's just uh, some we have to be we have to have an open mindset and a flexible thinking. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. 
Yeah. So just to, in a nutshell, if you had to create a virtual expat support kit and you had to put three pieces in that, what advice would you include to help newcomers settle down in a new country more smoothly? The first thing would be an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> because that helps you in so many situations. So an open mind is is the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing. Oh, can I have four? Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's you need a sense of adventure. Yeah, that would be for certain. Mm-hmm. You need a friendly smile. Mm-hmm. Because that will help you out in any situation, and you don't need words. when you have a friendly smile and the last thing that i think should go into any expats support kit is their favorite tea (laughs) or or tea bags or tea concoction but their favorite tea and their favorite chocolate from home so that on those days when you're feeling down you've got a little bit of home to turn to yes i think your uh, your um you know the experiences you're sharing is has every uh, experience I've uh, listened to or, you know, whatever you've shared with me or to our, our listeners are listening right right now. It's more about that emotional connect. You add an emotional connect to everything you are saying, which is nowadays I feel is diminishing. I mean, that will take, as well. I think that will take our conversation to another level. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we have become so you know uh, rule by we go by rule book everywhere okay you this needs to be done 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 that's it so the kind of information you're sharing of course you you have uh, you you have your own company bridge the gap uh, you've set it up it's you have experience wealth of experience but with every uh, conversation i hear that emotional connect is very important it's very important for me it's something I need, um, mm-hmm. and it's something I have always needed. And because of that need, I suppose I think everyone else needs it as well. <laughs> so it's it's how I operate, and it's how I make Bridge the Gap operate as well. Yeah. So um, on the whole, or overall, what major challenges you think um, we we face as an expat? You have come here as an expat. I I uh, you know I've also moved, relocated. So major challenges you think we have? Um, the language <clears throat> is is yeah. definitely tricky. We're very fortunate in the Netherlands that almost everyone speaks English, even the people mm-hmm. who say they don't. Yeah. Um, but that can make it even harder to learn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, navigating the culture, I think, is is quite tricky because there are inherent things that are understood that as an outsider, you never will understand. Mm-hmm. Um, even after 16 years of being here with a Dutch husband and Dutch in-laws, I still struggle <laughs> to understand the nuances and some of the humour and things. Mm-hmm. Um and I think our own expectations. Yeah. But I I also feel that, you know, it's a two way learning language is so, so vital is so important. If you need to kind of, uh, you know, uh, what do you say? You want to just get into the system. You, you want to be embraced. Yes. Learn the language. 
And that was something I was really determined when I very first moved here. I was determined that I was going to learn Dutch because I wanted to become a part of the Dutch community and the Dutch system, Dutch way of life. I, I didn't want to be the British girl who lived here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you you said you you do teach English uh, or also to children. So um, what was the inspiration? I know we have we have already uh, talked about a lot of um, experiences you shared, but any specific inspiration that uh, uh, you basically you wanted to incorporate this language learning in your, into your support services when we know that schools also offer these services. I think for me, um, schools offer services. They offer everything that they possibly can. A teacher in a busy classroom full of 24, five children, each demanding attention in their own way. Mm -hmm. As good as you are, you can never be everywhere. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give a bit extra extra help. I wanted to make sure that no child goes into class without the ability of saying, I'm mm. scared, or mm. I'm hurt, or mm. help. Yeah. Or, or a simple thing, where's the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are things that are so easily overlooked on the first day because the first day is so busy. Mm. Yes. So I was desperate to make sure that children come into the system with the ability to have survival basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely um, I understand and also I can relate to when, yeah, when kind of, it's important for the children also when uh, to feel confident. Absolutely. I, I also feel as adults, if we feel confident, the, the uh, you know, we kind of pass on those feelings to children. Very well. much so. So there it comes again for uh, people like you or companies like you have to make see families and adults uh, peace at to have peace at heart rather than, you know, so that they and can. And that's one of the, the things, things that drives things. me. Yeah. I I want to be able to make this stressful step that yes. people are making just a, a, a tiny little bit easier for them. Yeah. And if if giving them, if sharing my knowledge or experience can help, then great. So um, uh, I uh, so you have been basically bridging the gap between uh, the home country's education and the Netherlands. That's Any right. aha moment? Witness, <laughs> like, oh, you still remember that? Um, actually, I think the biggest aha moment that I've had has been with a group of parents rather than with children. Which I ran a workshop recently where I was trying to explain how frustrating it can be for the children to have the knowledge locked away up here, mm -hmm. but for it to be packaged in a completely different wrapping and, and portrayed in a completely different way by teachers here than the teachers that they're used to and the methods that they're used to at home. And I did a demonstration where I gave them a fairly simple division problem. <laughs> it was something like 38 divided by four. Yeah. Um, and 
I gave them two minutes. And in the two minutes while they were solving that problem and looking at other people's to see how they solved their problem, I searched online in front of them. And in that two minutes, I found 27 different methods to solve the same problem. Oh, my God. That's an aha moment. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't conclusive. I could have carried on, and I'm sure there are more than that. Mm -hmm. But in the two minutes, 27 different methods. And seeing the look on their faces when they realized that the way that they were solving the problem wasn't the same as the person next to them. And then seeing this list in front of them of other ways that their children could be looking at solving the problem and that we're expecting them when they come here to be able to solve it this way. It, it doesn't match up. It doesn't fit. It doesn't match up. Yeah. And the aha that came of, okay, your children have this knowledge. We just need to tap into how to let it, it out. How it can be presented. And to show them that this knowledge is the same as this. They just look slightly different. Yeah, yeah. And how is it can be presented. Absolutely. It was a real moment where you saw <laughs> the light bulbs going on. <laughs> So uh, basically, you know, when you're re, uh, I, I kind of, uh, I also relocated many times from <laughs> India to UK, UK back to India, then again back to UK and then to Netherlands. <laughs> so you need to have uh, a strong mindset during your re- relocation. Absolutely. And it's very, very vital. So uh, any, sh- uh, can you share with us a practical tip or an activity? For uh, that you recommend for children or for parents uh, to go through this um, emotional aspects of moving? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is to include the children in all aspects of the relocation journey, as I call mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think talk to them about all of the planning that you're doing. Include them in looking at pictures of the house or looking on Google Maps to see an image of the area that you're looking at living in so that they can begin to build up their ideas of where things are and what they look like. I think that's really important. Alongside that, though, I would also do a practical activity where one of the things I recommend is to build a treasure box. Mm-hmm. Before you've left your home country, build a treasure box of the most important things that you can't leave behind. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big box. Yeah, It can be filled with little things, but little things that make you make your heart sing. That's- little things that take you to places, that take you to people that you are going to miss, that you are going to love. So yeah. that when you are here... And you are having those down days that you are going to have. You've got your box to open and straight away you're embraced by happy memories. You're embraced by positive love and you're taken back to the safety of the place that you've just left. And also I feel uh, now I'm sure when you came here and now things have changed so much, we celebrate every festival. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. If you, I've seen people celebrating Diwali on one hand, Halloween on the other side. We went to Carnival uh, on Sunday to see how the city looks. 
so it is a positive way to look at it is you actually come to know about so many different festivals and cultures and experience so beautiful moments absolutely and knowledge how much That's knowledge a gift yeah uh, like if i see our children now growing up here and if they have relocated they have memories of back home or maybe a country where they were living and now of course they they're learning about the netherlands as well That's such a gift. <laughs> so positive way of, uh, re, uh, you know, to see how if you have to relocate, that's kind yes, of a positive. Absolutely, I, and it's part of that open-mindedness is just embracing the adventure for everything that it yeah. is, and and getting the most out of every opportunity. Yeah, Lizzie, I heard one of your interviews uh, about special needs. That, and that's a topic very close to my heart somehow mm-hmm. uh what what kind of um, advice do you give and do you work in that sector can you share more i think moving house relocating with a child who has special needs must be one of the hardest things to do um i offer advice about what is available here mhm um and i can certainly put families in contact with other specialists who okay um are designed to help in this situation um one of the tips that i would give <clears throat> excuse me one of the pieces of advice that i would give is bring any documentation regarding your child's um specific needs any diagnoses any form of treatment that's been had any form of support that's already been made available hmm. any document that you have relating to a special need needs to come with you yeah. because the more evidence there is the more likely you are to get faster support here yeah and we do have a lot of support here i believe we certainly do for our primary children but mm-hmm. the older children tend to be um absorbed into the general education the mainstream education mm-hmm. um as part of their passing on the rice laws and that's fascinating and it's it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. but it looks very different to what you'd expect mm-hmm. special needs to support to look like Okay so you do offer advice on that uh, subject as well. I can offer some advice on that subject absolutely and I can certainly put people in touch with others who who know more. <laughs> yeah. And how uh, do you kind of you know just curious to know how do you get in touch with the expat families do you kind of get your information or do you when they are they plan to re- relocate and they are still in their home country do you get in touch with them then or when they come here? Um, both okay um i have uh, facebook and instagram i'm on linkedin so i tend to have a lot of people contact me through social media mm-hmm. um and i have people who have contacted me from the early planning stages they're thinking about moving and they want to understand more right to the help we're moving next week and i don't have a school Okay. Um I've also had people who are here and who have a child who's perhaps 2 or 3 years old and they're looking at schooling and and don't really understand what the options are so they want to know more. Um 
So people reach out and get in touch. We have an initial intake meeting, which is usually about 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. where we chat. Um, I learn more about them. They learn more about me. I ask really random questions, um, but it's the best way of learning about the family and their needs. Yeah. And then I'll go away and put together a package of how I can help the family and what I can offer them to support them through the next next steps that they need. Any success stories? I'm sure there are many, (laughs) but any you would like to uh, kind of um, share with us? Um, I had a family recently who uh, contacted me and said, we have an incredibly gifted child. Mm -hmm. We want to move to challenge them. We don't mind where we go in the Netherlands. Pick any school as long as they have a good gifted program. Okay. Which left me determining the fate of this family's move (laughs) and where they were going to end up. Yeah. (laughs) Which was quite a pressure. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a pressure, yeah. They were like, yeah. They they trusted me with that. They were very particular, basically. Um. But it, it was a completely new challenge for me. Um, it was something I definitely hadn't been asked for before. So I loved finding out what was available and what was on offer <laughs> this, this child. It was it was brilliant. Um, and they've now been here since the Christmas and they okay. are very, very happy. The child is loving school, making great steps. And the, the plan is they're in an international school now. But there's a, uh, a Dutch partner school, and the mm-hmm. plan is that by the time that the academic year finishes, they're going to jump into the academic, the Dutch school, mm-hmm. which I just think is is amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah. definitely a, a wow story. <laughs> yeah, that's a wow story. I'm sure you have lots of wow stories to share. Uh, last but not the least, Lizzie, what advice would you uh, give to families who actually have recently moved or planning to move to the Netherlands or for that matter, any country? I think communicate openly and honestly. I think come with an open mind and a big smile. And I think it takes a village to raise a family. Mm -hmm. And we may not have our villages around us here, so reach out to others and build your own village. Lean on people. With that note, uh, a very big thank you to you, Lizzie, for joining us and sharing your success stories, your experiences, your knowledge. And I'm sure um, our listeners or people who have shifted here would have, uh, you know, connected and uh, kind of uh, thinking uh, right now, maybe after listening to our conversation, that let's put some emotional touch <laughs> to our relocation and um, um, thank you very much for joining us and um, hope you have a great evening and uh, we had with us uh, Lizzie Bate and um, uh, enjoy your uh, weekend everybody and uh, we will be back with another uh, interesting topic on our T Talk show. Thank you. This is Karishma Vij signing off.